Hello, welcome to episode 14 of what some will call Lies and Reruns. I'm Mike Lawson. I used to have a weekly storytelling podcast, and now I'm sharing those stories with you here on the Afterthought Media feed. Today I have two stories for you. One is called The Autumn Wallace Club, and it's about murder. Uh, That's going to be coming up in a second. But first, let's talk about some fears that I have with a story I published on Sunday, September 23rd, 2012. And it's called The Origin Story. Here we go. We all have a variety of hang-ups. Some of them are innate fears or anxieties that we can't trace back to a particular traumatic moment. And others we can blame on mom. Hi, my name's Mike Lawson, and I tell what some would call lies. Um, I really love telling stories. I love, I love, I love telling, telling, telling stories. stories. What some would call lies. 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 Vomit. You lying son of a gun. Kind of creepy. Son of a 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 he said, she said, I said, what the hell? Liar, liar, pants on fire. I love your dress. I'm not making this up. You are a goddamn liar. I'm back, bitches. <laughs> I love telling stories. This podcast is in no particular order, a collection of stories from my life that I retell as accurately as I see fit. I don't have very many memories this old, but... For reasons that will become very clear in a second, this one has stuck with me. When I was four years old, yes, I have a memory from when I was four, I was alone with my mom in our apartment in Anaheim, California. My sister Julie was off at school and my dad was at work. I was sitting at the kitchen table coloring. My mom actually very rarely allowed us to use crayons on the kitchen table because, she said, after we used the table for coloring, our food started tasting like crayon. I was sitting on my knees, reaching far and grabbing for crayons that were rolling all over the table. I remember when I was a kid that I spent a lot of time drawing fireworks. I can't explain why. Perhaps growing up so close to Disneyland influenced what I think about the multicolored explosives. Kids in Alaska draw snowmen. Kids in Anaheim draw fireworks. It was near lunchtime and mom was going to cook fish sticks. She turned on the oven to preheat and started doing other things around the kitchen. I never thought of any of the apartments that we were living in as shitholes, but I'm not sure that many children can truly recognize how crummy the building they're living in is. The experience and examples I had to pull from was rather small. Well, sure, we weren't living in a village of hollow mushrooms like the Smurfs cartoons, but I thought we were doing okay. About 20 minutes after turning on the gas, my mom was ready to throw the fish into the oven. After she opened the door, she grumbled under her breath and said something about the pilot light. This was a pretty common problem in this place. The pilot light wouldn't light. She closed the oven and went back to the junk drawer where we kept a book of matches used for this exact problem. My mom opened the oven and crawled in, struck a match, and then a ball of flames, 20 minutes worth of accumulated gas, came spitting out of the oven. It engulfed her. My mom screamed and ran to the bathroom. I was right behind her, screaming and running as well. She threw herself into the bathtub and was running water on herself. 
She was certain that she had melted her skin off, and by the tone of her screaming, I had thought so too. But after self-examination, she only singed her eyebrows. I, on the other hand, have suffered greatly because of this incident. While I know that it's completely illogical, I have a fear of ovens, even electric ovens. I haven't used a gas stove in years, but I seriously use two oven mitts when taking anything out. Most of the time, just to be cautious, I also use two oven mitts when I'm putting things into the oven. I have other idiosyncrasies and irrational fears. We all do. But it's kind of nice to know for for this one, for my ridiculous fear of ovens, that I know why. I know because this traumatic memory has been seared into my brain. Up next is a story that I called the Autumn Wallace Club. Um, it's about a tragic event that happened when I was a kid. Uh, kind of formative and um, has lasted. Um, although I carry it around in a really weird way, which you'll see. The story was originally published on Monday, October 1st of 2012. Here you go. On June 15th, 1990. I left my classroom in Anaheim, California with Joshua, Jennifer, and Autumn. We always walked home together. Autumn parted ways with us at Chanticleer Road, walking east toward her house. Joshua, Jennifer, and I walked to our apartment on Gilbert and Ball Road. An hour or two later, a woman named Rosie Alfaro knocked on Autumn's door. Rosie was a family friend, so Autumn let her in. And then Rosie, who was strung out on a variety of drugs, stabbed Autumn 57 times and stole $300 worth of stuff from the home. Autumn's mom, Linda, found Autumn dead in a pool of blood hours after that. It took a couple of years, but eventually Rosie was the first woman in Orange County to be sentenced to death. Okay, so forget about that horribly tragic murder for a second. I've struggled with how to tell you this story. It's not that I didn't want to tell you the story. In fact, quite the opposite. This is episode 47, so I've sat down and I've attempted to tell you the story of how the death of Autumn Wallace has affected me at least 46 different times. But I just can't seem to pinpoint how to do it. I can't get the tone right. It's not that her death didn't affect me. It's just always a story that I tell in passing it's something that I mention at the beginning of a longer story, a way of explaining why I was put into group therapy at age nine, an explanation of why I love the book Bridge to Terabithia and the movie My Girl, an anecdotal side note that appears when I'm making my case against the death penalty, a way to clarify why I receive mail from a death row prisoner. Once a week, about five or six of us would meet in the speech pathologist's room with a woman who liked to be called Brenda. 
Brenda was not regularly on staff at our school. She was on special assignment. We called it Autumn Wallace Club. We probably could have called it We Hate the Fucking World Club and really nobody would have stopped us. People walked on eggshells around us. We could have gotten away with quite a bit. Anna Nguyen, for example, was a member of the Autumn Wallace Club and she had borrowed a set of colored pencils from Autumn the day before her murder and then one day took them out during an art project in Autumn Wallace Club. Those are Autumn's, said Jennifer. Well, she said I could borrow them and give them back to her when she came back to school, and, well, she hasn't come back. That shut us up. We sat quietly and pondered this complex thought. Surrounded by inspirational posters for the kids with speech issues that usually use the broom. Posters with messages like the one with Porky Pig claiming that, and I'm not making this up, everyone's unique and that's good, folks. And Brenda just sat and watched, making sure we had enough supplies for the scrapbook we were making, making sure we had enough newspapers to clip out and discuss the latest developments. But really, she was just watching. Occasionally, our principal or teachers would stop in and see how we were doing, Sometimes they would contribute to our scrapbook, and Brenda would give them updates on our progress. Adults and children play a very weird game. When grown-ups hover over children and talk as if the children can't hear them, for some unexplainable reason, children just shut up and pretend like they aren't listening, all the while absorbing every word, like the name-brand paper towel wiping up a colored liquid in those commercials. We had a good conversation about some of Autumn's belongings that were still in the possession of a few students. We're we're making great progress. Forget about that horribly tragic murder for a second. We're making great progress. suggested that the Autumn Wallace Club do something more than sit around and make scrapbooks. She told us that we needed something that we could visit, something that we could nurture, something that the entire school could see and remember Autumn when they did. Joshua, who loved dinosaurs and thought of iguanas as mini dinosaurs, suggested that we get an iguana. We can name it Autumn, he said. Brenda told us that maybe planting a tree would be a better idea. We can have a school-wide ceremony. We could see the tree every day at recess. And we could protect the tree in a way that we couldn't protect our friend. All of the arrangements were made, and at the Autumn Wallace Club meeting before the big tree planting ceremony, Brenda told us that we should prepare what we were going to say. Say, I asked, we need to talk in front of the school? In a normal school therapist sort of way, Brenda assured the group that we didn't need to do anything, that nobody wanted us to do anything we weren't comfortable doing, and then she continued to outline our participation in the tree planting ceremony. If you don't want to speak, maybe you could at least shovel some of the dirt into the plot, right? Ugh, I guess. So forget for a second about that horribly tragic murder. What was I supposed to wear on the day of the tree planting ceremony? 
eventually lost contact with Anna, Jennifer, and Joshua. Autumn Wallace Club eventually faded away into a memory. And like a group of kids splitting up on Chanticleer Road, I waved goodbye to friends one day, not realizing that I would never see them again. Not quite ten years ago, I was really drunk on the rooftop patio of a bar in Newport Beach. I stumbled to the bathroom and saw someone that looked familiar. It was Jennifer from my third grade class. Now, Jennifer has a very unique last name, so to get her attention, I screamed her last name. She came over smiling, but it was obvious that she didn't recognize me. I reminded her who I was, and we instantly started talking about old times. She told me about the people from our elementary school that she was still in touch with. I did the same. Look me up on Facebook, I said. I really have to pee. Six people in the world have invisible membership cards in our wallets, and two of us just randomly met outside of a men's room in a bar, and never mentioned the fact that we were both members of this exclusive group. Forget about that horribly tragic murder for a second, I really have to pee. Every year on my birthday, March 19th, as the bells ring and the crowds gather, the swallows return to the San Juan Capistrano Mission in Southern California. There's no solid explanation for why the birds return to that exact place every year, and there's certainly no explanation for the preciseness of the date. There's an old legend, however, that says that the swallows took refuge in the Mission San Juan Capistrano from an irate innkeeper who kept destroying their mud nests. So the swallows returned to the ruined church every year because they knew they'd be safe there. Like a swallow returning to San Juan, I find myself Google searching the term Autumn Wallace murder and Rosie Alfaro death row with a calendar-like exactness. There's been no movement in the case since 2009 when Rosie lost her last round of appeals and will most likely be executed by the government for killing Autumn. My internet sleuthing has done very little for my curiosity. There's nothing new to report in this case, and there will be nothing new until they put Alfaro to death. But like a swallow that hides from an innkeeper that's no longer a threat, I return to those same five Orange County Register articles, and I reread the stories that haven't changed in years. I look at the photographs of Rosie and the photographs of Autumn and her family. Forget about that horribly tragic murder for a second. It, it doesn't affect me. That's it. I'm done. Two stories shared. And believe it or not, if you come back next week, I'll have two more for you. Um, In fact, the first one I want to share with you next episode is called Through the Looking Glass. And it's actually about the pen pal relationship that I have with the woman who who murdered Autumn Wallace. Um, So that happened. There's a lot to be said. It's a whole new episode uh, or a whole new story anyway. And it's called Through the Looking Glass. I also have a, a pretty scandalous uh, story called Parks and Recreation I want to share, which is kind of sexual in nature, but I think you'll enjoy it. Come back uh, for the next episode. I'll see y'all then. Bye-bye.
I like to eat pizza.